Socially Good Media brings together the worlds of comedy and marketing to present The Marketing Brainstorm. Open your ears, hearts and minds as we have just 30 minutes to create a marketing mix for whatever challenge is thrown our way. Welcome to The Marketing Brainstorm. I'm John Gilbert. I'm Jenny Harrison. And I'm Ian Thompson. And today, we're going to be setting a challenge, but before we do, we're going to have a little bit of a chinwag about what we may have seen in the world of marketing and communications recently. So Jenny, I understand something has caught your attention. (laughs) Jenny always gets things catching your attention. I know, because I do the research. (laughs) Although I do the research five minutes before we go on the podcast. They don't need to know that. (laughs) Sorry. We're we're professionals. And also, can can I just defend it? Hello, look. I've got printed notes and points and things here he as well. It actually does, about five yeah. pages. Yeah, I was like, they were scoffing at me for preparing the night before. It's just, ooh, well, it's has citations for everything he talks about. <laughs> Absolutely. Because of our complete lack of knowledge about feminism last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that maybe did expose a few kind of uh, gaps in the knowledge as well. And um, it's interesting you mentioned citations there as well, because you've been amending Wikipedia this morning. I've been You've been, yeah. not all of it, just, okay. just a little bit. been, like changing reality this morning which actually links quite nicely into what you're going to share with us now mm-hmm. Jenny. see it seems like it's all made up this it's all all seamlessly moved along as long as i stop interrupting you can actually tell us what it is okay so on twitter this week um i don't know if you've been following lady gaga but i personally have um and she has come out to all of her followers that I know get Lady Gaga is by the way yeah. okay that's right um that she doesn't remember the album Art Pop which I think was her fourth album which at the time she defended um even though it was a massive flop she actually denied that it was a flop she's got a lot of hate for it and it was compared to um Michael Jackson's album Invincible apparently and Madonna's American Life um which this article that I have found called Paper um isn't a compliment to compare it to those albums. So at the time she denied that it was um, a flop and she called it the album of the millennium. So however many years later, I'm not sure, um, she is now denying that the album existed completely. Um, And this comes at a time where she is, apparently her media manager has actually given her her own Twitter back. So she's come out with wonderful tweets like, fame is poison, what is Fortnite, and just the letter F. So there you go. So, so marketing-wise, first of all, I believe she's not called Lady Gaga anymore. She is. I, I thought she'd changed her name. No, no. What's she's, not David, she's not doing a David Bowie. She I thought she'd just gone, Lady no, Gaga. No, I thought she'd gone back to her Stephanie. original name. No, no. Lady Gaga. Oh, okay. <laughs> so my question is... Um, can you crisis management, which is a type of marketing? Are you going on Wikipedia to check? Do you know if he doesn't <laughs> Go say that he's going to he's going to hack it? He's going to change it. <laughs> it's interesting you talk about that within the music industry because I think that the the ultimate precedent was set around like plausible deniability by the musician Shaggy. <laughs> it wasn't me, and it's just like I mean the whole thing was caught red-handed, and it's just like wasn't me. <laughs> didn't happen. Just t- just keep denying and denying and denying it. Well, you see, she never denied it, but she's come out now denying it. And I was going to ask: Is crisis for crisis management is the best best way to 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 do crisis management? Just deny the thing happened entirely. Right. Well, okay. I would love to say no, absolutely not. <laughs> right. What you need to do is face up to things and and face up to the truth. 
However, I mean, how often do we see this in, particularly in politics, in a moment, which yeah. is just blatant lying? Literally, I, it's it's it, it's quite depressing, actually. Yeah. Well, you don't know who. To, well, you know who to believe because if you're just a, yeah, no one, an intelligent human being that can do research, I'm sure you can do enough research and credible sources. People to don't bother though. No, exactly. People don't bother doing research and exactly. all that. <laughs> First of all, do a bit of I research. think you'll find that I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that seat and what I but now think more of you holding my hands up and saying I was wrong about that exactly I mean give me five minutes on Wikipedia after this podcast and I won't be wrong anymore but you're better than Lady Gaga and the majority of politicians in the UK thank you very so well much done, thank you and when this idea of just like sticking to your guns and never admitting you're wrong became like glamorous again and it used to be in, in back in the day where like Kings, like the right of kings, and like King Canute, I can stop the waves and all that stuff. And like, I'm just like, I never, just keep I never going touched that woman, apparently, and currently with very powerful men, just denying straight up that yeah. they did anything. Yeah, horrible. well, well, well you've, you've, you've taken us in a darker place, which kind of spoils the point I was going to <laughs> make. Relevant. But in, in, in instances like that, I mean, all over the world, people are having these conversations, and then they'll go online to check if they were right or wrong. And you just, you just took that up there on the chin. Um, and oh. said, "Yeah, I, I made a mistake." I'm a bigger like, man. And I'm I a bigger feel, man than Prince Andrew. Yeah, I mean, what? He, <laughs> yeah. What? Hey, I've got a. There's a photograph of, of me and Prince Andrew, in which I'm like intently explaining something wildly, gesticulate with my hands, and he just looks so bored. I think he was thinking bad things. Where? And, Dark thoughts. Mm. Mm, maybe. <laughs> like that as well. Or perhaps I was dull. I do remember actually, Prince Andrew was intently determined not to listen to a word I was saying because he kept trying to say, oh, well, it's like this other thing. And I was like trying to explain something that was unique, but he wasn't having it. Aww. Bless Which him. one's the patron of the arts? Is that Prince Andrew? I think we need to go to Wikipedia. He's, no, he's like the patron of business. Right, the credible source on the internet that everyone knows, and inter- Wikipedia. And, and, and dubious international ch- travel. I think you can say what you want on podcasts, can't you? We're talking about... We're, not, we're unregulated we're at the Jeff moment. Jeff Epstein. Is that a point? Um, we're talking about Jeff Epstein and his friends. Okay, yeah. I thought so. Yeah. I just wanted to check. So, the whole thing is that we're saying that social media is enabling us to, to just lie as a crisis management tactic, that um, which isn't new. No, it always not. has been. In fact, history... Has just has gone down. I was um, learning about Boadicea and um, kind of fighting the Romans, which was over two thousand years ago and stuff like that. And it's just like there were battles that were won and lost, and they just changed history and got no, this <laughs> happened and that didn't happen and stuff like that as well. well. So, of so the if they can do it for like the deaths of hundreds and thousands of people, then we can do it for um, Lady Gaga's fourth album. I'm sure. Absolutely. Was it fourth or third? I think it was the fourth. I'm not going to research it's it. Like, no, <laughs> Would it matter? In my head, I thought Jenny had said third earlier. I Unless did it was, third I think earlier. it only really matters if it's your first album because yeah, that's yeah. you're getting up to a bit of a bad start there in your, in yeah. your career. You probably have to change your name. Is she saying she can't remember? It, as in, like, I don't remember what I was doing around there. No, no, no she I just oh, sent, she saying like it didn't happen. She sent a tweet saying, "I don't remember art pop." But then, what was the what were the other? She tweets? can't deny that it exists because she so it's her, what is what is Fortnite? So her other tweet was, "What's Fortnite?" Um, fam- Did she spell it like the game? Yeah. So she spelled it co- correctly in that sense. Yeah, right? Fortnite, uh, fame is prison and the letter F, full stop. There's nothing wrong with that. No. Mm. Um, doesn't make me want to buy her albums. I quite like her. I already buy yeah. her albums. I won't buy an album anywhere. Right. In this digital yeah, you don't buy an album. Do you? What's this? The 90s. 
<laughs> Baby boomer over there. Oh, buying, God. Buying my still. album collection. But she's got a few films on laser discs. I as actually well. have DVDs, yes. Oh, I'm not talking about DVDs. I'm talking about laser discs from the eighties, where they were as big as forty. Uh, sorry, I thought you were like referring right, to he's, CDs. He's losing me now because that small age gap between you and I occasionally raises its head, and here's one of those. They were like they were like full size uh, albums. Was, was it the one that competed against CDs or records? Do you know no, how there's always two technologies? This was out like 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 early to mid eighties. Oh right, okay. Maybe even before laser disc. I'm going to bring us back up laser to this, if that's okay. So so. I think that this idea of people just denying that something's happened uh, publicly it's, it's incredible, actually. I never said that. I mean, I think famously it was done with, like, uh, Bill Clinton with the... I never had sexual relations with that woman, with Monica Lewinsky. We know that he did. But then he did manage to get around that as well. I think when people think of, like, Bill Clinton, they, they, they tend to think, ah, you know, he's a... He's 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 been a bit maybe a bit misbehaved a bit in the past, but he's kind of generally Americans kind of love him. Whereas poor old Monica, you say the name Monica Lewinsky, and that he's just synonymous with a sexual act. Although she was quite young at the time and was properly manipulated into that. Well, did you know that Clinton is one of the people named on someone who used to be on a lot on Jeff Jeff's plane? <laughs> Call him Jeff now. <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah, he was. Also, Donald Trump putting that out there. Okay, it's interesting, isn't it? But Trump, of course, will be the first to admit it. <laughs> well, he did. So Trump is quoted, and this is paraphrasing, saying that Jeff Epstein likes likes young women more than him, and when he says young, he means young, is essentially the, the very paraphrased quote that Trump said about Jeff Epstein. So he was bursting about liking young women and then compared him, Jeff Epstein, to that and then made the point. That he likes very young women. So there you go. That's the you know, it's amazing. President we, of the United States. We've got so many episodes into the marketing brainstorm, and this is the first time paedophilia has come up. Although we've kind of um, just been around yeah. the edges of it as well. For as as a team of people who actually run campaigns and create media that trying to protect young people about that as well, we could do another episode on that at the moment. But that is not what we're here today <laughs> to talk about. So as I say, as my self-anointed role to keep us on agenda here, our marketing brainstorm challenge is how can charities do more work with the private sector so ian you are a are you what you pit are you a board member of a charity no no i just work for them okay so you work in in a charity i do and this is something that is a constant challenge do you want to tell us a little bit about the charity and and um and the work that you do and i suppose how this is how this is a real life challenge that we can bounce some ideas around today Real life challenge. They're all real life challenges. <laughs> so, um, so this is uh, so I, I work with a charity called Freedom Road Creative Arts, and we do like creative arts workshops, like dance, drama, singing, songwriting, music, instrument learning, things like that, um, with young people from about sort of varies, but it's around eleven up to seventeen, mm-hmm. and we run sessions on Monday, Tuesday. Wednesday, Thursday evenings, and Saturday mornings, and um, and yeah, and, and it's not about um, it. What it is it? It's young people that can't access more mainstream versions of this for one reason or the other, be that financial or psychological or emotional or geographical or things like that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and yeah, I've met many of the young people that you've worked yeah. with and I think you've got, got a great reputation you've, we have, you've we've been, been going 11 years now um, mm-hmm. and ingrained in the as, as much as you say that um, 
it's about it's not it's not a music school, but you're engaged yeah. within the, the, the music scene and, and, and so this is this is the thing that leads on to this topic really, is it's not about producing the next great actor or the next great musician or something like that. It's about getting people getting young people um, more confident and in the hope that their confidence from doing this and their teamwork that they've got to do to do this. You know, we compete in rock challenge, we put on shows, we run youth stages at music festivals, things like that. And 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 the the hope is that the young people working together and and having that um, those sort of consistent trusted adults in their lives and, and 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 that sort of consistency will help them more socially in the wider world. So that's that's the aim of it. It's not necessarily to produce the next Mick Jagger. Oh, I, think, I think the kids would, you would might. like me to reference. <laughs> I'm thinking of an up-to-date reference. (laughs) We've referenced Shaggy already, so we're already putting set set the barrier there. Well, I think yeah, Jagger's been around longer than Shaggy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think Jagger's one of the few ones who admitted that it was him sometimes as well. (laughs) (laughs) Nicole was good. Okay, so 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 is this an issue around? Is it is it around funding? Is it around creating more opportunities for the young people you work with? Yeah. So we get some very limited public fund public sector funding we get a lot of um uh foundation like tr- tr- trust funding things like from children in need or from Esme Fairbairn foundation or from the Reckitt Benkheiser foundation or um you know various very various ones there's loads of them use music things like that national lottery um comic relief things and um, so we get plenty of that what we don't access very well is um we get various donations for people, you know, running marathons or, you know, like the new Facebook craze of I'm raising money for my birthday, things like that. We, you know, we get various donations from that. But we can't, it's difficult for us to access private sector funding. And I think the reason it's difficult for us to access private sector funding is, and we wouldn't want it any other way either, you kind of need to give them something back. And um, so we're not saying, oh, it's really bad that we've got to give something back, they should give us something for free, but that's, that's not the case at all. You know, you should have to give them something back, and I don't think a warm and fuzzy sort of feeling of altruism is good enough to um, to give them back. So it's all about what do you give them. Like I say, we're not about creating the next Ed Sheeran. Thank you. So, 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 what do we have to give them back, basically? Okay. Well. I mean, you're looking at this from the perspective of what your product is and the young people you're working with. Now, for. let me sit back while you guys do my job. <laughs> well, I think the uh, a lot of the marketing is going to start with the customer, isn't it? So when you talk about the private sector, in itself, that's quite broad. You've got your your big corporates who will sponsor, align themselves and sponsor things on an ongoing basis, like the banks and so on like that yeah. as well. Because then they do that as part of corporate social responsibility. You've got your medium-sized companies who will do it um, because I'm not saying, by the way, that they don't want to do this to get the warm fuzzy feeling like it's the right thing to do as well, but there's a certain amount of companies for whom PR, particularly local PR, is very important um, when it comes to having the public support when they want to do something. So that might be if they want to build somewhere that there's some controversy around it. So locally, we've seen a lot of PR at the moment around trying to get planning officers on site. So if they get the PR support right and show, well, this is what it means to the community. And if they've been supporting young people as part of that, young people are coming forward and going, we want this to happen because it's creating jobs for us for the future. That's a counterbalance to the messages you're getting from people going, we don't want you to build this here because it's going to cause more traffic on my road or it's going to spoil what it's like for us to live around here as well. Yeah. So so the kind of 
cash uh, putting something into the bank of goodwill there. Then there's a whole um, raft of people who I feel for a small charity where there is the most potential, and it's the owner-managed businesses. So it's it's a business that's got beyond being the kind of sole trader, one-man band thing, where they've they've got some level of success, they've got a customer base, maybe got a team in and around that as well, because they will be looking at uh, opportunities to align themselves with charities that provide a whole range of different kind of benefits which are not immediately obvious. So, so off, speaking off the top of my head, you've got things like um, tr- potential using their skills into, into something so that they can demonstrate how good they are and supporting a cause at the same time. So when you look at things like... Um, DIY SOS and those kind of projects, they, they rally around a particular, and it's not quite necessarily a charity, so it's, just, that's a, it's more of a cause-related thing as well, but there doesn't seem to be any shortage of builders and of, of a broad sense who are bringing their skills to, to it as well. Um, yes, because they want the warm, fuzzy feeling. Yes, because they can demonstrate how good they are. And it's, it's kind of a good bit of networking for them as well. I think this whole thing around sponsorship, we tend to look at the bigger businesses, but there's a whole raft of small companies out there that can benefit from that. Yeah, I think that's, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you about that, and I think that's probably where the target should be more as well, because we're not a massive national charity. We're we're in a bit of an odd space, really, because we're a local charity, but we're not that local as in we just work in one locality of home. The, the kids are citywide, and also quite a few, not quite a few, some, also come from East Riding as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so it is that sort of, like, you've got quite a wide um, catchment area. Mm-hmm. But, but if we, if we pick those small to medium-sized companies who may potentially work with a, a charity like yours, let's think about what kind of problems do they need to solve. As somebody who runs a small business, you've got things like um, social media content that you need to create. And by aligning um, yourself with some positive activity, which maybe a charity can support there as well. So it's about trying to keep it interesting, sending us through photographs, sending us through videos, showing us the work that you're doing so that our entire social media content doesn't just be about, aren't we great, look at us doing this, and here's another product or service. It's about the kind of branding exercise that you have um, as, as part of that as well. Um, then I think, And I think we do have a reasonably good... Um, social media presence um, and we do keep it up to date as well and we do keep sort of news stories of what we're doing flowing and I think we've managed to get to a point and it's taken us a while but where we do have uh, certain events happening at certain parts of the year uh, that are news you know that look good citywide as well you know for example uh, I mean every Christmas we do our pantomime every um, sort of um, April May time we do rock challenge and we always do quite well in that you know we've never we've been doing it now for about five six years we've never failed to come lower than second I think in rock challenge we've won it three or four times uh, over the summer then we've got the festival season where we're doing sorry I'm just I was puzzling over the phrase never failed to come lower than second no, but, you know, <laughs> is that, is that I like right that. like you can not come first every time you can take a break of being the best but then is that right? Is that, Sorry, my that right? face took us off I'm, the uh, off track, that. which we've is never, not. We've you, never come lower than second. Yeah, that's the lowest we've ever. Con- that's the same thing. Congratulations. You did good. 
Who we could just them? ignore my face. It's just it's a podcast. Yeah. Anyway, the audience didn't need to see. We're pretty good at it. Was like, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, I was just okay. Let's paint a picture with words just for a moment. My face was contorting because I was just like never failing to come lower than second. Does that mean you're trying to? Or does that yeah. mean you're I got all confused. <laughs> anyway, it's probably the wrong wrong phrase, but yeah. Anyway, and then over festival season, then we run stages at Humber Street Sash, which is a huge um, uh, music festival in the centre of Hull at the beginning of August where you get sort of, I don't know, 20, 30,000 people going along to the marina area and there's sort of 10, 11 stages on. We run the youth stage there. And it's not just our our young people as well doing it. There's loads of people um, uh, performing on the youth stage. And it's loads of genres and it's loads of fun as well, by the way. Yeah, it is. It's great. There's loads and loads of different genres going on on different stages. No, on your stage. Oh, on our stage. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, our stage is very varied as well. Yeah, and, it's, and you know, you get some really good bands there as well. And solo artist. There's no shortage of activity. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. But there's there's regular throughout the year, um, in probably about six or seven of the months out of the twelve months that we have in a year, um, then we run. We, we you know we've got we've got a good news story that we can put out. Excellent. Okay. Shall we brainstorm? Yeah. Let's brainstorm. Right. A few things for me. So your young people that you support, right? They are citywide, as you say. They've got various different challenges as to why they're not accessing these things from mainstream as you will they're like real kids who see life like it really is that is really valuable and I know there's lots of organisations in the public and private sector who are trying to figure out what's really going on for young people in this city you've got an excellent channel for that now that's something that we you've already supported us on but that maybe that's something you formalise as um, as part of it where you have a monthly forum or somewhere young people will give feedback and insights into what's going on that's not an easy thing to do you know so because to do that um, where you work with schools or youth clubs or to assemble those things it really takes a lot of trust that needs to be built and a lot of work within young you've got an asset there that will value some people so if you look at whether that's the shopping centres or um, anybody that's trying to kind of um, cater for young people whether they're trying to sell them something or just appeal to them or maybe even have got an issue with crime or something or negative side of it it's like how can we overcome that so you've got an asset there so there's one thing to think about um, another thing is I think certainly when it comes to supporting a charity as as much as there is the branding and corporate social responsibility to it training and experiences for teams is really important as well so when you're putting these festivals together if, if you've got a small company who are going to devote some time and maybe some money but I'm thinking more about time in order to, to put the stage together or to transport people there or to create the media in and around that as well, give them that as a project so that they've got like that team building exercise but have benefited the charity and benefited their own kind of skills and, and I mentioned social media content earlier on, that's the kind of thing that they can talk about so you could do something on an isolated project basis and then another one, this may be a little bit of a silly one, you've got stages at festivals. There will be egotistical company owners out there who would love the idea of performing at a festival. Just maybe one song, just sing it. Maybe they can't play an instrument, or maybe they can do it. Give them, give them kind of access to that. I know one here, I am totally useless but if you said to me do you want to do you want to perform at trip fest on the stage like that just sing a song as a charitable donation you play to my ego and go yeah john now you've played a music festival i'm the kind of sucker that would go for that so do you know it's, it's, it's interesting you mentioned that because we have actually thought of um uh one of the ideas that we've been sort of kicking around more recently is putting on a sort of stars in their eyes 
evening. Amazing. Uh, you know, at somewhere <laughs> like, and again, people from Hull are really going to get the reference, but somewhere like Trinity Minster, Holy Trinity, um, Hull Minster. And, um, and you know, so it's a nice venue to perform in. And putting it on, but making it a bit more like, um, almost like a Strictly Come Dancing thing, where they get staff, they get, you know, experts, in inverted commas, I'm doing that. Um, to, um, to 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 be coaching them beforehand. So if they want to be, you know, someone who an Ed Sheeran or something like that, then we, we coach them how to. What play a the guitar. great idea! And and, um, and they've got to pay a certain amount or whatever yeah. to do it. Um, but in return, they get this like I don't know six, seven, mm. eight weeks or whatever of tuition, and then it culminates in this show mm. where they where they where they're up performing, and that's just open to anyone. We've done it before. Where we do a Stars and the Rise Night, where it's just been. You know, people like me, it's been people who work for charity or it's been um, supporters of the charity performing. And it raises a bit of money. It doesn't raise loads, but it raises a bit. But if we could up the ante and get anyone involved, people who'd, you know, it'd be quite good fun. And you'll be playing with a band as well. So your piece will be fully sort of, you know, arranged and you're playing with a proper band and, you know, yeah. Mm. I don't think, I don't want to sound cynical about it, but I think it's quite important when you look at what you, what is the actual proposition to to that business and it might not be the business, it might be an individual, and it might be that business owner, whoever it is that's got the, the pair strings within that. So we ran a project a few years ago called the Comedy Super Bowl, which was similar to what you've described then, but it was about doing stand-up comedy. So we had business leaders um, signed up to do that, had some coaching to put together a five-minute set, and then and then came and performed that. And one year we did it, the, the prize was based on who could raise the most amount of money. And there were guys really going for it as well. So it raised thousands of pounds. And the next year, I ran it one year and then didn't run it the following year, but they ran it at Hull Truck Theatre. And they had like three, 400 people there as part of this as well. And that was playing to the ego of those those guys. And it's, it's been replicated again with solicitors. There was one recently. So the charity kind of asked our permission to take that model and to do it again which I'm fine because it's a serial thing I do is start stuff up and then go anyway off you, you can <laughs> do what you want with it now um, so that was a concept that we had a few years ago that has, has been quite successful but that problem with that one is so niche because doing stand-up comedy is so terrifying that it will put off 99% of people however I think what I'm talking I don't want to equate it to karaoke but but that, that's it, it but is, people tend to like to have a It's a glorified goal. karaoke where you're going to get lessons to be better as well. Yeah. So if I knew that, mm. I mean, I went to the Lip Sync Battle event, which I know you were yeah. at as well, and I went there because I wanted to see people I knew doing something that was outside of their comfort zone. However, they were generally kind of like performing arts people anyway, so they're up for that. This thing here is about trying to do something that somebody would always love to do, but just doesn't involved in that community, so it's an opportunity to, to do it. I'm not saying that's that's the answer, but I, what I guess what I'm encouraging us to do here with the marketing brainstorm is to think about what the, the just spin it on its head and think about what's what's the business case for that what's the personal case for that um, and then just thinking about what assets have we got because the things that you do with any charity that you take for granted are built on years of experience and a trust that you've got for whichever community it is that you support um, is something that businesses find very difficult to do because being a business there's a certain level of scepticism that comes with that because just like well you're only in it for the money which some businesses are but many many are not Um, I want to add to a point that you made about the asset of the young people that are a part of Freedom Road and I know that what we're talking about now is really specific to Freedom Road so like if you're a charity that's looking for public funding some of these ideas might not be something that is useful necessarily but the concept of people inside of that charity being especially if they're young being 
and if someone can invest in those individuals and almost sponsor those individuals to be there or like kind of like not to compare the young people to like the RSPCA when you get a little letter in the purse and it's like this is <laughs> this is <laughs> yeah and they get like an update every time <laughs> my grandma does it with guide dogs and she's like absolutely loves the fact that she can watch this dog grow and then she finds out who this person's who this dog's gone to and it's just really nice. Um, but anyway, sorry, that was just like a mini idea that popped into my head. But the whole investing in bright young people who are already motivated people, who are already accessing this thing to do to better themselves. Um, and we, um, like mine, the company that me and John work for and John earns, um, we do things around young people a lot and we have... Um, well, we, we can send the name, by the way, it's Eskimo Soup. Oh, I yeah, I know, but I was like... <laughs> It'll say that on the show notes. <laughs> True, Eskimo Soup. Um, so we There's no exciting of... merger or anything going on in the background. <laughs> other soups are available. Yeah, other soups are available. It's just not as tasty. <laughs> um, young, yeah, so um, we work with a lot of young people. We have an editorial board for one of the campaigns we run um, and we actually work with a couple of young people who... Yeah, part of Road. Um, and there's one that came to mind called Lucy who actually although she is talented and motivated and opinionated and amazing and we uh, we love working with her because she always has a really good insight into things and um, she um also has her own vegan Instagram when she's written a book that's on Amazon and she's 16 and she's writing recipes for people and she it's not just her mates that download this book like she actually has like a, f- a few thousand followers on Instagram um, and if there is a common interest shared between a company so for example potentially there could be some restaurants in Hull that might want to invest in Lucy in some way by supporting Freedom Road, for example, or maybe like a project that she, other charities that she's in, involved in, by um, selling maybe a physical bo- copy of her book, but also, and they can make money off that, but also having her recipes in their restaurant and sponsoring her in that way. So there's like ways that you can dip into these young people with these kind of skills. And we've done it, we employ another young person who um, works with, with Mary, mm-hmm. um, who does stuff for Freedom Road, and she is uh, studying media at college at the moment. So she's seven, sixteen, seventeen. Yeah, Mary's skills include um, editing our podcast. Well, yeah. Well, hi, hi, Mary. Mary. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Mary actually edits our podcast, and she is doing other things. So she works with us now, and we've. Um, even though we don't, well, we kind of don't directly invest in Freedom Road, but there could have potentially been an incentive where we work with Mary, we pay her money to do stuff, but we can also maybe invest in other things she's interested in as the package of that. So there's a potential there of the individual and the human side, which we've learned as, a, as marketing people. Everybody loves a case study, everybody loves the human element of a campaign. So there's that side of things as well. I think what's interesting what we're discussing now is the kind of thing that wouldn't appear in a business book because if you, and I have googled in anticipation of this discussion um, how can charities do more work with the private sector and it's all it's what it says there is about finding the match between what your charity is about and who it's catering for and linking that in then with with a private sector company so if you've got a similar kind of target audience similar kind of values something that's relevant there that, that does make sense as well but I think there's more problem is there's there are there are so many social challenges that charities are are dealing with and the reason that charities exist of course is to fill in the gaps that are not covered by public services and one of the things that we've been hearing more and more over the years is that charities need to think more business-like and I think that some have embraced that and they've, they've really got their head around it but what does that mean, think more business-like? I think that comes with a stereotype of what it means, and it means about being cutthroat, and it's about finance first. But actually, 
many businesses also are relationship based as well. And in fact, I would argue, and maybe I shouldn't say this on a podcast, but I will do, that in my experience, charities have been more territorial than many businesses have. Um, but I think that's because they have to be, because funding is is squeezed so tightly. And that's where we look at the social entrepreneurs and, and, and looking at alternative income streams within there. Now, I think it does come back down to looking at what those those assets are. Now, many charities successfully will partner with a business, particularly where it's a, a close to the heart of a business owner or somebody senior within that organisation because they've been personally affected by things. So that might be many of the, the cancer charities and so on, where somebody's been affected by something, I want to do something positive about that or whatever that may be. One of the challenges that like an organisation like yourselves have is it's because it's quite broad, you can look at... Um, getting support from a young person who said I didn't have those opportunities or I did have those opportunities and that's made me the person I am today as well but they'll have so many affiliations with many other things that are in there as well so I think it's about it's about trying to find those individuals whose maybe their story is similar to it and they want to help out in a big way because what you're not looking for is a short-term cash yeah have a check have a bit of money like that as well it's relationship based which you have got and I don't know if you want to necessarily go into detail but I know you've got certain um support from benefactors who will who 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 keep that going really and do stuff on an annual basis which helps you guys keep going doing the good work that you do yeah so the product that a charity has really is yes it's about all of the um social outcomes that they get from there as well but it's about that community as well i think it's it's about those talents so within i mean even you individually and, and i know the, the others within freedom roads you've got such a range of talents which are um, so maybe you take them for granted, but I think the businesses can really benefit from that as well. By the way, I love the idea of. Re- never, do you know when you used to do like the annual cal- charity calendar and, and it, like you would sponsor a month and it might be a picture of your team or whatever in there? I love the idea of making an album. I think that's recently been done for children in need as well. So in quite a small scale, I know that's not going to make much money in terms of album sales. Of course, it's not. But getting on spot, having your song on Spotify, right? Play to people's egos. Yeah. Launching that album at a minster or at a music festival, they will find a marketing reason to do something like that. It's a much like when companies sponsor charities and then they do a quarter of that charity each, and it's all over their social media. Um, but it's given them um, some profile. They've do, they've got a bit of a warm fuzzy feeling. They've got some PR in the bank. They've got uh, lots of photographs, and actually in that case, a team building exercise, health benefits, and so on as well. Looking at what that product may be, you could look at how oh, we've got that within our assets. The pricing of how you do this as well is really going to be dependent on um, what people are willing to pay. Now, this is where they need to, where I think charities need to be careful, and I've seen this done before. They seem to me to be offering far too much value for not much money, so it actually costs them more in terms of extra work that they've got to do in order to deliver that. Absolutely, this is one thing that I always discuss with the, the other guy that runs the charity with me, who's another Ian, and we often discuss the fact that whenever we go to bid for more money from wherever then it's always like what new projects we're going to put this mm. this this money to and it's difficult actually because one of the things that we always say is what ideally what we need is just someone to give us more money for what we're already doing yeah um, but that I mean you know that sort of poses other problems as well but then and then that sort of leads into another bit of a, a bugbear which is when we were talking earlier about how charities need to think more like businesses I think people need to think of charities more like businesses as well almost in the sense that quite often what you get is, and you'll often hear this where people say 100% of your donation goes towards the actual, mm. um, uh, the cause that we're, 
we're, we're doing stuff for like you know cancer research or um, uh, helping young people who, who you know actually eat or whatever, you know things like that you know and, and so they'll say about 100% of, for like for big really big charities I mean that's that's fine and all because they'll be able to get their overheads from elsewhere for smaller charities like us well 100% of your donation can't go to that because people are actually involved in running this and they need paying and offices need to be run and paper needs to be bought and you know if you you know marketing budgets for charities I mean look at someone like Amazon when they first started up their entire business plan was we're going to get ourselves unbelievably mm -hmm. in debt with marketing mm -hmm. and then we'll make it all back because it'll pay off mm -hmm. no one had ever um, had ever uh, support a charity where they said like so our marketing to get in donations is going to be insane yeah. but don't worry we'll get it all back and it'll, it'll be okay no one would ever support them um, I feel like if people thought of charities more as a business then they would be more forgiving of that anyway which might have been the point that you were making anyway but realistically if you are donating and it says 100% of your money goes to the cause in theory as a your charity part of that cause is you working with those kids or the office that those kids can be in to do the stuff that they're mm -hmm. there for yeah like sure i understand why if anything why cancer research if all of the donations don't go to necessarily the like say like the research it also goes to the guy who owns cancer research i can understand why they maybe they need to get the money from elsewhere because that isn't anything to do with the cause unfortunately bigger charities they probably are run a lot more like businesses where the people at the top aren't necessarily doing anything like to do with the actual thing that the yeah they're not is all doing. doing the actual yeah, cancer research doctors. in that example exactly yeah, whereas Ian not. you're doing even yeah. though you get paid you're still doing that work the the people at the top aren't you're not in a gold car and like with a gold chair and a gold office at the top you are when unless was the last you are time you came in my office? well I haven't ever been in your office so. it's <laughs> but, gold it's but, not. No, I <laughs> Can we put a link to Ian's office in the show notes? <laughs> so, so what you're saying, yeah, so that is true, all of those donations is coming to working with those young yeah, people. Yeah. And that yeah, might so be it those all, all goes into it, yeah. Like paying the bills, mm. just paying yeah, the electricity yeah. bill, for example. Is we don't have massive overheads. It's a really yeah. interesting yeah. point that you both made there about just that switching that mindset yeah. To, yeah. What that's, to what that's for. Okay. And I wouldn't care if I donated if he spent it on an electric bill rather than Lucy's piano. Lucy, interesting, Lucy, by the way, she just started... Uh, you know, so about I don't know, three, four, five months ago. M maybe she started before that, but she just started playing the tours and started writing her own stuff. It's yeah. quality. Is it? Uh, like, nice. genu genuinely. I'm not just saying it because we work with Lucy. It's it's genuinely quality. That's mint. Um, so, yeah, so we're getting her recorded and we're getting her next year. I think we should all invest shares in Lucy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If there's one person that I know that we should all invest in, and Mary, of course. Hi again, Mary. So, in terms of what the charity is going to offer from this, we'd look at place within the marketing mix, which is about the distribution. Now, for a, if you're a local charity, you've got a, a facility, you've got a place where people come and interact with it as well. So, in the case of something like Freedom Road Creative Arts, I don't know whether you do open days or people come down and meet meet with the young people and see what difference it is because I'm sure that you and Ian are most compelling in your meetings as well but actually going in there and experiencing that and getting that first hand is surely going to be more impactful. Yeah, and absolutely and generally whenever we do anything like any, you know, press stuff or any not necessarily just general boring meetings but any time we're sort of meeting with 
someone who is sort of working with the charity quite a bit or whatever we do tend to take the young people not all of them but some of them down mm. Lucy and Mary yeah and I just <laughs> to make the yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not always just Lucy and Mary um, just a bit of comparison between I mean again not to localise this too much but there is a, an organisation in Hull um, called the Beats Bus who yeah. have a bus so they've got that distribution channel yeah. to actually move mm. it in and around it's quite high visibility yeah. but the feedback that they get is fantastic the amount of people that say to me oh we've worked the Beats Bus they're really great the way they engage with young people and so, so they're actually that's quite a I don't know whether they've done that particularly as a marketing thing well, well they have because the, the bus was the point of difference but what that's allowed them to do is get that real level of visibility yeah. so that when it comes to getting the support from the private sector and the public sector not only have they got like data I suppose that will back all of that up as well but they've got lots of anecdotes and personal experiences yeah what they've done really well is actually they've sort of their staff have sort of almost achieved sort of minor celebrity status in Hull haven't they mm, yeah, so uh, and I mean you know I know that the, um, uh, Sean uh, McAllister made a documentary about one of them, which probably mm. helped a bit, but I, I think they've done it well as well as the as well as the film. Um, that's what, yeah, that's what they've done quite well. So that and that sort of helped with mm. helped with that. So when the Beats bus pulls into town, if you like, then you know it causes those. It's that, immediately which is, recognizable, that's, that's, you know. Yeah, and it, that's a really good yeah. that's a really good sort of tactic that they're, mm. that they're employed. So, so that links us mm. then in with that the promotion of, of how to do that and I think that's where the visibility of, of charities is required now one of the, the challenges with that so Jenny and I were with a, a charity last night um, and they were the, this work that they do is supports primarily women who are in abusive relationships so they can't go out and go this is yeah. our case study yeah, story yeah. and yeah. this is our building and here we are come and have a look around and so they, they've the nature of what they do is sensitive so they can't they can't do that so their roots are going to be much more around filling in the gaps where statutory services are not not up for the job to be honest actually I don't know how they funded the organisation we were with last night as well but but it it isn't always as as easy as that for for people and also um, certain causes and certain issues blow hot and cold in terms of the general media and the the general level of interest in it as well but I would have thought in, in your situation in fact Creating opportunities for young people and investing in them. We've we've all been young people once, and we all have a we all had a different, uh, you know, a unique upbringing and different influences on there as well. But I think it's about trying to find those things that will appeal to them. Um, maybe you need to get a bus. Get a yeah. bus. We'll get ourselves a bus. So I think the promotion when you have an opportunity and you have those success stories. Um, we talked about social media, which you use well in terms of your visibility on there. I think it's probably the next thing is rather than pushing out, this is what we do. It's that it's that networking element, particularly any relationships that you've got with yeah. business, so that they start doing it with you and for you. Because once something builds enough momentum and people want to be a part of it, uh, it's, it's a terrible cliche, but it's like your marketing does itself. But because you've got all of the bits in place beforehand. You've got the right products, you've got the right proposition, the brand is right and so on. People will be attracted to it and want and want to support it. Uh, now, maybe this is a bigger topic to get into towards the end of this topic, but what support means, you're going to have to say sometimes um, how much money that is. Mm-hmm. You do need to put a price on those things as well because goodwill doesn't... Goodwill is useful, but you can't pay wages on goodwill. Yeah. And, and, it's, and, yeah, you can do so much with volunteers, but I firmly believe that for a lot of charities, you need employed and dedicated people who see that as a real priority not as just something that they um, can put some time and energy into it when they can because if their situation's changed then you lose all Mm. of that because people need uh, most people need some form of income I mean it's it's a requirement there as well so I think that um, there's a whole the the proposition I'm I'm maybe making a little bit more complicated but in terms of what that what you want businesses to do I would be quite specific about it yeah 
draw specific plans, uh, packs, if you like, of how they can support. Yeah. Yeah. And what they get in return, and what that's going to cost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what that the outcomes of that are. So yeah. if you can say, if you put £5,000 into this, £15,000 worth of benefit for our local community comes out at the end of it. Because when they do their annual report and so yeah. on like that as well. Also, some businesses will be looking at the, the tax perspective of, yeah. of giving as well, um, which is not something I'm that well versed in. But it's, a, they, it's about making this look like a business case. It's a business-to-business transaction between that charity. And if you get some that fuzzy warm sense which yeah. is what you started us off by talking about as well that's a fringe benefit fringe benefits useful <laughs> these fringe benefits got a weird connotation I don't know it. I just yeah, thought I it sounded nice Jenny, Jenny turned it into a, a brand <laughs> yeah yeah fringe benefits I don't know why is that making me feel like there's some kind of weird connotation to that so that has been the marketing brainstorm I've been John Gilbert I've been in Thompson I've been Jenny Harrison. You've been a great listener. Thank you. <laughs> See, you've you spoilt that. A great listener. Like we're Stay ch- one. Keep, keep, keep listening, Lady Gaga. See you next week. Da, 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 da. Thank you for listening to The Marketing Brainstorm. Your presenters have been John Gilbert and Jenny Harrison from the award-winning social marketing agency Eskimo Sue, along with Ian Thompson from the immensely talented Storyboard Media. Our editor is Mary Close, and this is a socially good media production. We'd really appreciate it if you would please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts.